В имя Отца и Сына и Святого Духа. Аминь. Слава Иисусу Христу! Glory to Jesus Christ! Заки почну проповідувати, я тільки хочу висловити свою радість, що і ця половина церкви починає наповнюватися. For some strange reason that I will never understand, this side of the church is favored by people. I don't know why. Perhaps it's because the whole country is moving left. Uh, but I, I am happy to see that the right is in a resurgent mode here. Perhaps we'll be able to restore the balance uh, in this country. Um, isn't it strange, uh, all the references to joy? Well, we can have joy because we know the outcome. But Jesus knew what he had to go through. Коли Ісус рішив піти до Вітані, щоб воскресити Лазаря, його учні його старалися переконати, щоб він туди не йшов, бо це було в Юдеї, недалеко Єрусалиму. І Юдеї вже були, старалися каменувати Ісуса. Але Ісус каже, ні, йдемо туди. І тоді святий Тома, той, який завжди скептично ставиться до справ, каже, ну, йдемо з ним, на смерть. І це сповнилося йому, але багато пізніше Ісусові це сповнилося відразу. For those who don't understand Ukrainian, in the first antiphon, and you know, the antiphons are always taken from the Psalms, there is Uh, messian, uh, a messianic message there. Uh, it talks about turning uh, to the Lord and that he always faithfully uh, hears our prayers and, and is with us. And it's, uh, it mentions uh, sufferings, but they can be overcome if one stays close to the Lord. Now, with Jesus, this is a particular mystery because he is both perfectly divine and perfectly human at the same time. Something that is basically impossible for us to understand. But uh, paradox is the way to deeper truth. As a matter of fact, um, I often would tell my students that there are three levels of knowledge. The first one being the either-or type of thinking. 
And then you get beyond that to the both and kind of thinking. And then finally you arrive at neither nor. Acknowledging that we really don't understand. The Lord's ways are not our ways. And we cannot understand all of the mysteries, but we trust him. That's what faith is. Faith is not opinions about God. It is believing in him, believing him. Uh, And therefore we accept these many mysteries that he reveals to us. So Jesus is going to his death. That's what this is all about. And yet there's all of this joy. Uh, People uh, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus jede na žrebjaki oslici. Ми собі часто не здаємо справу з того, тому що в тих всіх фільмах, які ми бачили чи на великому екрані, чи на телевізорі, найбільше бачимо на конях кого? Ковбоїв, індіян. І ми не здаємо собі справи з того, що в старовинному світі звичайним людям не вільно було на коні їхати, тільки високопоставлені мали право їхати на коні. Тепер Ісуса вітають як царя Ізраїльського, але він не їде на коні, він їде на ослиці. Що це означає? Це означає, що він є цар миру. Він не збирається воювати з ким-небудь. Цар Давид також на ослі в'їжджав в Єрусалим. На ознаку того, що він не буде дивитися згори на когось. Він буде царювати любляче і мирно. І Ісус подає цей знак. Люди його вітають як царя, а він їм пригадує, що він є цар миру. Вони хочуть, щоб він провадив людей у війні проти римлян, які являються окупантами. Ми це слово добре знаємо. Окупант. Вони хотіли знищити окупантів. А Ісус волів їх навернути. Бо, як каже Святе Письмо, Господь не бажає смерти грішника, навіть агресора, але щоб він навернувся і жив. І так сьогодні 
линемо думками в Україну і думаємо, ну що ж ми з тим агресором, тим сусідом України, який вже 350 чи більше років знущається над нашим народом. Чи ми хочемо, щоб Господь знищив їх? Навіть залишаючи народ, чи ми хочемо, щоб Господь знищив їхнього вождя? Чи радше ми з Господом хочемо, щоб вони навернулися усі, включно з вельможними в Кремлі, щоб вони навернулися і жили. Подивіться, Канада і Сполучені Штати мають дуже лезну границю, а живуть у мирі, як добрі сусіди. Ми, українці з Білорусю, не маємо проблеми. Це наші сусіди є. І ми хотіли би, ми молимось, щоб цей агресор навернувся і жив, щоб цар миру панував над нами усіма, щоб був кінець тим війнам. Очевидно, не буде повного кінця всякому стражданню і всякому лукавству і, і війнам, в цьому світі, тому що хоч Господь вже побідив його, лукавий не хоче цього прийняти і ще воює. Візьмімо, обернімо цей приклад. Друга світова війна, всі знають, закінчилася в 1945 році. Але українська повстанська армія не хотіла прийняти цього факту і воювала ще вісім років. Хоч вже програли були, я часом жартую, що е, українці – то такий народ, який програв Другу світову війну три рази. Е, Бо була перша совєтська окупація, тоді була німецька окупація, тоді була друга совєтська окупація. І дійсно, то надзвичайне, що після таких трьох сильних ударів той народ ще хотів воювати. Це вісім років. Тепер, тут не говоримо про героїв, але з дияволом ми говоримо про чисте зло. І хоч Господь його побідив, вже війна закінчилася, але ще стараються лукаві зі своїми демонами, партизанськими нападами нас непокоїти і нам завдавати страждання. 
чи то фізичне, чи найголовніше духовне. So we're not surprised that uh, the evil one does not want to accept the fact that the Lord has already won. The Lord has total victory. What we experience in the evil in this world are just skirmishes after the war. In every war, as a matter of fact. After peace is proclaimed, there are still battles here and there, and there are usually thousands of people who die after the peace has been proclaimed. Because people either don't get the message or they just don't want to accept it. So, today we're singing about the resurrection already. It's a little early, isn't it? Because we know what's coming this week. The passion. The incredible suffering that the Lord takes on himself in order to prove his love for us. And he is tempted in his human nature to be afraid. But he overcomes that. Why? Because he is close to God being himself the second person of the Holy Trinity. His humanity is fortified not because God takes over our Lord's humanity, but because Jesus' humanity clings to the Lord so totally so that you cannot speak of a Jesus before he became God. It, that's heresy. As we're going to read next Sunday, we're going to read the gospel that explains it all, the key to everything, the prologue to John's gospel. It tells us, why everything happened. And so, um, we have before us this mystery. It is God who becomes a human being. We just celebrated the Annunciation, the conception of our Lord in Mary's womb. Uh, the most courageous of all women who ever lived. Is there any doubt as to why we have such devotion to the Mother of God? Wow. There's a job description. Imagine putting that on your resume. Oh, among my accomplishments, I, I said yes to the Lord, and I bore in my womb God the Word, through whom all things that exist came into being. Uh, 
Oh, wow. But that wasn't the end of the stupendous things that she would have to do. Because she, not being divine, said yes to God, and then stood at the cross, and she had to say yes to God again. This is unfair. It's unjust. This is the worst thing I have ever seen. My son being put to death. It's your son, my God. But she has to say, I, I didn't understand how I could have a son if I had never had marital relations. I don't understand how your perfect justice can allow for this heinous evil. And I think she gets it. It's about love. It's about Jesus showing his love on the cross. You know, the Christian West is obsessed with guilt. And they always talk about, you know, we're guilty, we're, we're on, the, on death row, all of us, and then Jesus dies in our place. Uh, we don't quite see it that way. The facts of the matter are that, well, we are guilty. But that doesn't exhaust the meaning of what is to come on Great and Holy Friday. That is not about punishing someone. It's all about the Lord offering himself up for the life of the world. And that's why we sang, we sang today in the uh, Truparia that we have uh, risen with Christ through baptism. And baptism is a death and resurrection experience. That's why we have the immersion and then you come out of the water. It's like being drowned and then being saved. It's entering into Jesus' death and resurrection. But it's precisely because we've gone through that experience that we receive the Lord with joy today. The people in Jerusalem received him as their king. They didn't realize that he was the king of the universe. So, you know, maybe they get a few points, partial credit. That's what my students used to always ask for, but could, couldn't I get partial credit for that answer? Okay, you were right. He is the king of Israel, but he is so much more. This is a cosmic event. 
we are entering into a week of cosmic events. We are going to enter into the passion of the Lord. And so, on Thursday evening, uh, we're going to read all of the accounts in all four Gospels of the Lord's suffering and death and burial. Because of my uh, uh, weakness, we are operating on a drastically reduced schedule. On Great and Holy Friday, we're not going to have the usual three services, royal hours, and then vespers with the procession, with the shroud, the plushtanetia, and then the morning at the tomb, uh, the dirges uh, sung at Christ's tomb in Jerusalem matins. What we are going to do is we are going to have the vespers with the procession, with the shroud, and then when we conclude that service, we are going to sing just that part of Jerusalem Matins uh, with the dirges. These melodies, uh, we are told, were actually Jewish funeral um, melodies. And in the city of Lviv at the Arch Cathedral of St. George, the Jewish community of Lviv would gather around the cathedral and listen as the people sang their funeral melodies. And they took pride in that. Even though they were outside of the Christian community, but yet they are intrinsically connected with us, and even our church building is modeled on the Temple of Jerusalem. Notice the veil. Notice the uh, seraphim on the uh, processional fans that epide above the mercy seat, the altar. Um, it, there's much more that I could talk about on that topic. We are a sort of estranged family right now. And we pray that the enlightenment come upon them because they prepared the way. God chose them to prepare the way, not because God loves them more than other people, because God chose them to carry suffering. The whole history of Israel is a history of suffering. And we Ukrainians can relate to that, because that's our history too. Oh yeah, we had moments of glory, but mostly suffering. And that's why I expect that something great will come of that suffering, just as the suffering of Israel culminated in the suffering servant, 
mentioned in the prophecy of Isaiah, the Lord himself offering himself for the life of the world. Already, the blood of martyrs has acted as seed in Ukraine. In 1989, we had about 300 priests left after half a century of utter persecution, and most of them were elderly. Today we have over 3,000 priests in Ukraine, the Ukrainian Greco-Catholic Church. Uh, that part of the Orthodox Church of Kyiv that felt that the situation of the first millennium when East and West were still together should be revived. That's who we are. We are Orthodox, but we are in communion with the Western Church, with Rome, and all of the Eastern Catholic Churches uh, as well. And there are about 23 of them. Uh, we're in communion with all of those people because we wanted to restore the situation of the first millennium. But it all came through suffering. And it was precisely because we were in communion with Rome that uh, Stalin decided to decimate our church. But you see what happens. That suffering led to a great blossoming of the church, so much so that today Ukraine is supplying us with clergy. Chances are that my successor, and we don't know who it is, uh, and the bishop doesn't yet know, but uh, chances are that it'll be somebody from Ukraine. But you see, who would have thought that in 1989? In, in 1989, through the 1990s, it was us from the diaspora who were giving help to our church in Ukraine. And today, it is our church in Ukraine that is helping us to live. And not only us Ukrainians, but other people who find the Lord in, in this holy and deeply rooted tradition that goes back through the fathers to the apostles to our Lord in an uninterrupted succession. So is there a reason for joy, even knowing that suffering is coming? There is reason, because that suffering is voluntary. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie The Green Mile. For me, it's an allegory uh, for the passion of the Lord. It's about this giant of a black man who is probably unjustly sentenced to die. The warden knows that he's not guilty, but the sentence has been passed. 
he, to the last minute, wants to get this man free. And just like Jesus raising Lazarus, this man has a little, uh, I think his little mouse uh, that is dead, and he, he makes it come alive. We're talking about a movie now. But with the right key, you can see that this is a reflection of the story of Jesus raising Lazarus. And then the one with authority, that's Pontius Pilate, is going to try to find a way to get him out of this situation. But he can't. Because Jesus chooses it freely. And in the movie, the black man says, No, uh, it, it's time. I'm, I'm ready. He voluntarily goes to his death. We don't see things like this often. But when we see them, we recognize the bigger picture behind it all. We don't deserve it. We don't know how to love him. I don't know if you saw Jesus Christ Superstar, but there's a, a song in there that speaks to me. And that is when Mary Magdalene says, I don't know how to love you. And that really is about all of us. We don't know how to love the Lord. We struggle with it. We can't pay attention. Um, we, we can't even pray for five minutes without getting distracted. And I'm not talking reciting prayers. I'm talking talking to God in our own words. We can't do it for five minutes without our thoughts flying away somewhere. We really don't know how to love him. But he sure knows how to love us. Cei veliki tejde je veliki tem, što vin nam prehaduje pro veliku ljubov Božu do nas. Nezasluženu ljubov Božu do nas. Mi svi nezaslužili na ce. I tomu mi sjohodni čitajemo iz poslanja do Efesjan. Radujte se i znovu kažu, radujte se. St. Paul in the first reading tells us to rejoice. Now having reflected on what this whole Passion Week is about, we can rejoice. At the same time, we can be sorrowful that it took this to get our attention. The Lord on the cross saying, I love you. Do you know that I love you? So let's not get distracted by the pussy willows. In one parish in Toronto, the priest told me 
that he gets more people to come to church on Palm Sunday than on Pascha, on Easter, because people come for the pussy willows. And then he added this comment, he says, if, if I knew that people would come to church for a stick, I would give everybody sticks every Sunday so that we could have a packed church. Let's not miss the point. Let's focus on what's going on here. We are entering into this mystery. It's not a reenactment. This is a once and for all drama that once a year we get to enter into deeply. Zberežim cej svjetej i veliki težden u jeho svjatosti, u jeho veliči ljubove. I starajmo se, štobe vsaki žitejski pečali nas ne vidvernuli vid čeho, što je najvažnjiše. Amin. Vimnja Otca i Sina i Svjetoho Duha. Amin. Slava Isusu Hristu. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to Jesus Christ.